0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars upfront for three months, plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of The Worst Idea of All Time Season 5. I'm Tim Batt, and I... Let's let's be honest. Should we put all our cards on the table? I might Could have gotten cut? too high for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have for the last 10 minutes, because I was... Uh, out, so two things happened. I was a little bit ahead of you, Guy, in the film. See, I remember. You had just a few moments, minutes to catch up on to get to me. But then also I forgot to like click the next button on Zoom to to like join. You know, I thought I did all the things. <laughs> so in the meantime, I've been trying to find out what movie we just watched because I think it was titled wrong on the file, and I cannot for the fucking life of me figure out which <laughs> made for TV film. This Emmanuel was Directed by Francis Leroy Who as it turns out Directed all of them If you scrub to the end Okay if you scrub to the Beginning credits of this film It simply says the word Emmanuel as the title Which is incorrect And then if you scrub to the Very end credits You know where normally You'd have like copyright And then a whole bunch of Roman numerals And then the title of the film It lists all seven Of the made for TV movies what did we just watch? The reason I needed to find it out is because I cannot wrap my brain around the plot of what <laughs> I just saw. And I thought that the internet would be able to help. But instead of helping, it has sent me into an even deeper mystery. I uh,
2: I hear you. So I've tried to figure out. I just believed it was Emmanuel Forever?
1: Forever. No, I thought that was the VR one.
2: Emmanuel's Love. That's what we watched last time was Emmanuel Forever.
1: Yeah.
2: It would make sense that these two were made right next to each other. Those are both listed as being from 1993. They're all made in
1: 1993. Listen to what I'm saying. All the French made for TV films are 93. They're all directed by the same guy. They have the same fingerprint. They are identical twins. It is impossible for us to use forensic DNA to tell who committed the crime. All of those ones they made seven that is such a busy year. I think they shot them all out at once, which is that why would make, that would make sense for the framing device that has yeah. been repeated since
2: our previous outing with Emmanuel, which Honestly, is what Sylvia did we Crystal watch and George Lazenby sitting cheek to cheek? Just reminiscing on some fucks.
1: How fucking long is this plane ride, brother? (laughs) Because she's already explained, like, many years of sexual conquests in the film we saw prior. And now we kick off whatever Emmanuel this was, and you're telling me (laughs) there's still more flight to go? If they keep this up for seven movies, man, I'm going to have some serious questions about this this plane that they're in.
2: Run the run the numbers. What is it? These movies are 90 minutes in length. So what we've just spent three hours flying. After we've seen four, we've only spent six hours. And after we've seen... I
1: can't do math much more. Are you six going seven hours. times one and a half? It's um, I, I ten so and, and a half hours in the year.
2: This could be a 24-style narrative device whereby... That's cool the stories are being told in real time. We're actually experiencing a flight. Hopefully one of them will just be both characters sleeping and us free to explore anything else but these just, like, non-arousing reminisces.
1: But we've got to figure out, like, I'd, I'd want... Look, this podcast is going to suck if we can't report back on what happened. And unfortunately, I've whipped myself into a state where I couldn't really get a good grapple on the plot.
2: Oh, come on. We can do that without the help of the internet. You just gotta believe in yourself.
1: Oh man, I, I took some notes, but they're all over the shop.
2: Don't have to worry about that. So here's what here's what we know. This takes place after Emmanuel Forever because it's already assumed that she has the powers. In fact at the start of the film, the first thing that happens is they use like a flashback voiceover to be like Emmanuel went to the Tibetan caves and came across a monk and was given a special potion and now she can fuck as any woman on earth. And then bang, you're on the plane with Emmanuel. So we, we know that it takes place after that. We know that she's got the same powers as discussed in the previous film. They actually uh, very bravely risk exploring these powers even further and she uses them... With bizarre discretion, the first application she has of her magical potion or perfume is um. She's sort of like Hitch. You remember the Will Smith film Hitch?
1: I can't. I, I know I've watched it, but I can't remember it. He's a like a Cupid relationship set up. first. is well, it Kevin depends. James in that movie?
2: Kevin James is in that movie. He's like the star client of Will Smith's character. So depending who you ask, Will Smith's either a pickup artist. Hey, what are you frantically doing over there? It's really stressful. Just taking my shoes off. (laughs) Hey, before I describe the plot of Hitch, how are you doing?
1: I'm all good. I just am confused and frustrated that I can't figure out which Emmanuel this is. I want to do right by our audience.
2: Our audience don't care.
1: I don't know if that's true, man, the people gotta know.
2: I think I think there's no reason to doubt it's the Emmanuel that was listed on the tin.
1: Emmanuel's Love. I think that's what it was called. But when I searched that it talks about her going to the Tibetan cave Anyway, sorry, continue with the um
2: I know what you're saying. Chat. It talks about her going to the Tibetan caves. And if you read the user reviews on IMDB, the only scene anyone seems to have enjoyed is when she has a threesome with two women giving her a sensual massage. Yes, yeah, so we don't the wrong see film. any of that in this film. I understand that... what you're saying. But there's so little detail about that particular one. I've got no reason to believe there'd be any more. And they're all
1: directed the by the same person. And they've all got George Lazenby and Sylvia Christel, who, I found out in the credits, sings the theme song.
2: Oh. Yeah. Can we actually talk about how ball that is for a franchise? Like... Just the production schedule and strategy behind securing Lazenby, who obviously demanded a pretty hefty fee for how they shot him out. Sylvia Cristel, the original. Like, the belief behind this project going into 1992-93 would have been that we are honoring the franchise and also possibly creating a new way to create, you know, to to shoot out films. Like, they're treating a, a film franchise like a TV show. And think of all well, the locations they're going to. Like, these films are so expensive. <laughs>
1: You're so right. They they cut so many corners to make such a budget product in some ways, and but then clearly shot in Hong Kong and India, just inside of this one film.
2: They go to so many different countries in all of these films, but it's what it, well, it looks like. What we're in for, Tim. This is two of seven, and whether or not we're watching these in chronological order or not is to me by the by at this point. It seems like we're about to watch seven movies of Sylvia Christel describing to George Lazenby what she did with the perfume. And it's upsetting to say, but that is not as exciting that is not as engrossing as it sounds. And mm. if you ask my penis, it's not as mm. engorging either. Oh. Important to note that this is our first late-night record. We are apart, physically distant, and it's 11.16pm on a Thursday. You're researching. You're not listening to me. We're not connecting. You and I aren't actually interfacing right now, Tim, because you're, you're fucking going down rabbit holes that weren't built for you.
1: I'll tell you what's happened. And I, I think this is the case on a few different websites. Where am I right now? Letterboxd? You know letterboxd.com? Yeah, the
2: movie review site.
1: So they've got an identical synopsis for Emmanuel's perfume and Emmanuel, and, and Emmanuel's love, which is the, the one that we just watched was labeled Emmanuel's love, and maybe it is, but for some reason on multiple websites, they're all referencing maybe the same IMDb or something. They've got the wrong synopsis in there. I just want to know what one we watched.
2: I just want to talk. I I, I don't understand why this is such a big block for you from being able to discuss what we just watched.
1: <laughs> because I'm going to do a bad job of explaining what, why. What because happened. you
2: don't know. Because you don't know the title.
1: I was. Got, you, I was getting the title for the internet to help me get the plot out. But no. The, What's the first thing you remember? You've never
2: been a no. You've never been a man to 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 take the plot as told by some professional soft core. I realize nerd that, writer. but
1: listen, I'm a man who knows when he's out of his depth. And guess what? I jumped yeah. in the deep Talk end of the pool, I'm and I do life, not have. I I'm do not lifeguard. have my inflatables I'm on. The, yeah,
2: I'm a lifeguard, and you all right. listen to me, all right? Okay. I'm sick of watching you try and fucking dog, doggy paddle to the middle of the pool. I'm like. <laughs> Half a meter away from you, I'm looking you in the eyes saying, hey, stop trying to remember what the different swimming strokes are called and come sit on the side of the fucking pool with me. All right. I'm with you. All right. Thank you. Now that you're sitting here and your feet are dangling in the water and you feel like you've had a stern telling off, but you also feel quite safe, can you tell me what was going on when you were in the deep end of the pool?
1: <laughs> what do we know? There's a fucking business deal which seems pretty instrumental to the plot here. And (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember. Okay, so this, like, the last film is kind of done in three acts. The first involves Nikki and Emmanuel. And Emmanuel and Nikki are friends. And Nikki is quite a scatty-brained woman who has fallen in love with her boss. And I think that they live in Hong Kong. I believe that
2: they're they're traveling. They travel a lot for work.
1: Got it. So I think they're in Hong Kong on a work trip in a hotel. Um, Emmanuel helps her out by using the perfume power to transform into her because Nikki is very unconfident and a bit of a klutz. (laughs) So So now here's the fucking thing of it. They've changed how the perfume works in this one. To a way more sensible version of it, I think, which is that she takes the perfume and transforms into the physical appearance of anyone she wants, which is like, yeah, should have done that from the start rather than being a ghost voice following the woman around
2: But they... They explore different applications of it, even within this because they only yeah. did that once, but later on... That's the, true. So far, in the two films we've seen where this potion is like the central conceit that sort of drives the movies, they've yeah. explored every different... Applica- like, there's no <laughs> confidence in themselves. They've explored every different application.
1: I wrote down the lion guy. The... the d- Almost at the end of the film, Emmanuel says, my only fear was that the perfume would wear off and that the spirit of Sonia would take possession of her body again. So that suggests that when she uses it later, now we've got a situation where Emmanuel enters the body of the woman and then that person's consciousness is in some sort of terrifying limbo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> where does it go that's fucking that. scary dude and
2: also if that's what's happening if instead of changing your physical body to represent and be someone else but still moving through the world as a normal person yeah if what instead you're doing is leaving your body and entering as a soul someone else's body what happens to the body you've left behind like yeah. where does that bag of bones collapse
1: oh do you mean emmanuel's yeah so that's it seems to me that the way they were showing that is she was always on a train when it was happening and masturbating. There was
2: a, there was a different. bit. she wasn't masturbating in those moments. She was no, like, she
1: she was kind of like she was like feeling, a, voodoo doll, a
2: sexual voodoo. Yeah, so she was, was feeling like,
1: the physicality of getting fucked, at, of, yeah. of of being engaged in the act of coitus as the other woman. A sexual yeah. voodoo doll is the perfect articulation. I'm very this. intelligent. I just want to circle yeah.
2: back to when I was describing Hitch because I do think that there are similarities in the application of Emmanuel the first time with Nikki when she yeah. sort of helps her conquer her fears and initiate sex with her boss. Real sitcom um, setup, eh? Well yeah, it's what it's what Hitch does he he believes he gives characters like Kevin James the tools to be confident within themselves so that they can, you know, express the best version of themselves to potential partners. And whereas Hitch does this through side coaching and then leaving Kevin James to go and explore it himself. In Emmanuel, the application is much more literal where she takes on the body and is like, fine, I'll have to do this my fucking self. And she goes out and seduces him. And then when the guy's barred up and ready to go, she's like, no, 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 I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And then goes and gives this other woman, who is her, a pep talk.
1: Can I tell you this? The woman, Nikki, who is trying to have sex with her boss... Goes to the bathroom four times inside of 10 minutes. And then when things just kick off and start getting a bit hot and heavy, she goes to the bathroom for the fifth time, takes ages. There is no doubt in my mind, if I'm her boss, that she has some sort of stomach problem. That she's like, this is, I don't think this is the best time for fucking. Yeah, that is the impression I would have that I got. She also, they've ordered dinner. They were supposed to go out to dinner. And then Emmanuel, as Nikki, is like, let's order in. Let's not leave the hotel. Let's stay right here and eat our food and see what happens come what may. And he's like, fuck yeah, this rules. And then Nikki comes back out, timid real Nikki, and she's like, sees the seafood. (laughs) She's like fucking gross man this looks disgusting and she's like I've lost my appetite now I have to go to the bathroom and so she goes switches clothes with Emmanuel which is an act that would take about 10 minutes there's so many items hold on then she comes out and goes uh, I've changed. I've I've had a change of heart. Let's eat now. This woman has obviously taken a massive shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no getting around it. She's cleared the decks for the main course. The
2: two of them guzzle food with as much disgusting <laughs> right. enthusiasm as. The- The bandmates said in the previous iteration, this particular franchise, I I live in fear of anything edible coming onto the screen because I know that they're going to render it unusable to me for the rest of my fucking life. They take these very thin, wet slices of tomato and tongue them as though they're each other's genitals. It is honestly enough to make your stomach churn.
1: I didn't think she did too badly with the tomato slice, to her credit. But and with then, the but then, um, squid they, rings or whatever that was, know, that they, was... Yeah, oh, it no like there was
2: some sort of soft, cold egg roll in play at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Not erotic textures or temperatures. <laughs> anyway, this sort of back and forth keeps happening until eventually he's like, what is going on in that bathroom? And just comes in and there's two of them. There's two of the same woman. And he's like nice and both of them <laughs> are super horny for him at this point and they're yeah. like you got it and they all have this phenomenal transcendent sexual experience and then i guess the next morning emmanuel leaves and changes back into a body and this sort of i still i know that it's not their job to resolve all of the story that they set up in this movie it's their job to make me horny by the way they failed on two counts oh. but their relationship is then like begins in earnest And this super chilled out dude doesn't seem to have any questions about the fact that the night they met, he had a threesome with his partner and her identical twin sister and then (laughs) never never saw hide nor hear of her again.
1: Yeah. That's it. (laughs) That was just the first act though. Then we had this whole second story with Sonia. Right? Yeah, and, and the second story is like
2: connected. Now, instead of being in Hong Kong, the same group of business travelers are in India, further along the line, and they're all traveling together on a train. And Emmanuel is there as a friend of the group. And, um, Nikki and her boss, I believe his name's Nico, maybe, they appear to be... They're there, right? I wasn't mistaken. They were on the train.
1: Fuck, I don't know. I feel like Nikki was, but... God damn. This is, you know, this I is think where that, things I get I think hazy. they were.
2: And at this point, okay. their relationship was okay. But then... There was another guy, Nikki's boss's business partner, so Nico's potential business partner, who's a restaurateur, who's, um, who's actually, do you know, I reckon this guy's more of a wheeler and a dealer than any actual particular trade. I Honest, don't think he's a very skilled guy.
1: If he was on the level, so this movie kicks off with a phenomenal opportunity for this guy, which is ten thousand million, uh, <laughs> ten thousand million, a $10,000,000 purchase of a restaurant chain, Six locations, each bringing in a million dollars profit annually. That is unheard of. We're talking restaurants in Los Angeles, one in Dallas, Texas, two, two in, in Frisco. Fresno. Oh, Fresco. I thought it was Fresno. Frisco, Like,
2: that's San the colonialism for San Fran that they was using. Gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that the sale was good, but this guy's, he's, he's fucking, he's oily as all hell. He's not trustworthy.
1: I If I would do my due, due diligence and uh, if he could verify what he's saying, that each one of these locations is pulling a million dollars profit a year, man, that's worth a lot more than 10 mil. Plus, no, can... then you own the entire franchise. Think of the franchising opportunities. It's not what? just the locations that you've got. You've now got incredible opportunity to expand. I don't know. just, he just doesn't
2: give enough information. It's just all of the glossy top-line stuff. There's no fine print. There's no details over. Mate, i Do I'm they interested. own any of these buildings? Do they lease all of them? Like, is that million dollars, you know, without taking out overheads and whatever it costs to actually yeah, operate profit. the franchise?
1: He describes How do you know it's it? profit? Because he says a million dollars profit each. I didn't even he say says profit.
2: That. that is a sweetener.
1: It's huge.
2: Are you telling me we should go in on this?
1: Dude, I I hear what you're saying about him not being super trustworthy, but just on the off chance that this is on the level, you need to seize these arbitrage opportunities when they come to you because every now and then they're real. But Most Tim- stuff that sounds too good to be true is, but every now and then you'll get... A chance, and you got to take it, my friend. What you've does God look into
2: it? Arbitrage. Well, you know what I say. Yeah, I say if you have got the ingredients there, you've got to crumb the fish. But um, tell me this: what does arbitrage mean?
1: It's a unique financial opportunity to make an unusual amount of money. <laughs> this is, ah, so like how I would describe it: buying a house in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: um. But basically, the 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 second act is they're on this train ride. And now the focus goes to this different uh, couple who are in an unhappy relationship, and one of the two people in it is this this shady businessman who's trying to, you know, it sounds like he's trying to sell things that are lost to himself. He's and actually, I mean, his whole subplot is about business dealings. Like this movie has a surprisingly high assumption of the liter- like financial literacy levels of its audience and also of their interest in following along as yeah, like, man. different characters swindle and negotiate for different amounts
1: of money. I This is where I really lost... This is what I wanted the plot for because this is where I lost the thread. Well, why don't you tell me what you saw? Emmanuel is friends, I think, with... I'm going to call her Sonia. Sonia tricks. Emmanuel as Sonia tricks a guy who I can't remember who he is into investing $2 million into a fund. Okay. So Emmanuel is friends
2: with Sonia, we'll call her. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sonia is in this really unhappy situation with this guy who's the – is the same Wheeler and Dealer, the aforementioned that we've just been about five minutes discussing. All right? So they're together. They're on this train. Nikki and Nico are also on the train, but they're like, at this moment in time, they're happy in their relationship. They're sort of just cruising. They're not to be, you know, worried about. There's another couple who we don't actually get a lot of information about, but there's a, um, a woman and a man... And they're like, he seems to be into some slightly mystic shit. Like at one point we get this really prolonged scene where he delivers like a hypnogasm to his partner. They go into their little carriage in the train and he just stares at her and moves his hands. And, you know, her body writhes in perfect synchronicity with his movements.
1: Basically the thing that Sting has been working his way up to for his entire life.
2: That's right. And then you've got this other couple who is the Wheeler and Dealer, who we'll call Wheeler as in Wheeler, the As fire, in Wheeler's deal? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of the Wheeler from Power Rangers. Not Power Rangers. What was that? Captain Planet. He had the power yeah, of fire. Dude. He's the redhead. I had his action figure. A lot of love for the guy. What's my favorite though? My favorite was actually uh, Kwame with the power of Earth. He just moved huge chunks of dirt. Mm. I mean, I understand that the messaging on that show was save the planet. Yeah. But, the reckless abandon with which these people would manipulate and use the planet to upset the villains was probably as disruptive as what the villains were planning to do in the first place.
1: You've got a point there, mate, because...
2: Consequences, if you create a tsunami to stop someone from fucking, you know, stealing a bag of toxic waste.
1: Mate, I think... I believe it was Linka from uh, the Soviet Union who had the control of the oceans, and she was creating tidal waves left, right, and center, and... The thing you've got to know about that is there is a massive path and wake to that activity, getting to the enemy. I hear you.
2: So we'll call this guy Wheeler,
1: and he is... I think Whippy Goldberg voiced Gaia. I think that's true.
2: Well, I'll bet you that you're going to look that up instead of listening to my sage words of reflection and wisdom as i try and re-articulate the disappointing softcore pornographic film you just watched to you so that you can rest easy with the context that we shared this experience it It was whippy goldberg thank you
0: this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad
1: and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Uh, and so Wheeler, he's on the train. and He's in this unhappy situation with this woman whos who we're calling Sonia. And that's Emmanuel's friend. That's Emmanuel's point of connection. And Emmanuel sees that they're unhappy and she talks to Sonia and she says, What's going on? And Sonny's like, he's not having sex with me. I know he's been having sex with someone else. And also he's been in charge of like, she's an heiress of some description and he's been in charge of her funds and he, she doesn't really know what's happening and she can't really leave the relationship because he's in control of the funds. And Emmanuel goes, don't worry, I can fuck our way out of this. <laughs> and so she takes on the persona of someone who's totally unrelated to anyone on the train. She takes on oh. an entirely new body with an entirely new name, we'll call it Tanya, And she introduces herself as Sonia's friend, Tanya, unrelated to the group as it exists, and immediately goes to work on uh, seducing Wheeler. And also, for reference... Hold on. Now I'm getting confused. (laughs)
1: Let's just follow this as you've laid it out. What's really amazing in the movie is that Tanya lays out, out loud, like a pretty complicated sequence of financial goings-on that this guy has to fall into the trap of she presents a situation where she has a from memory 55 million dollar fund which her uncle is in control of but she travels around the world doing on the ground research for opportunities to invest it in so she sort of says this while getting into a state of undress to seduce this man and kind of like quote unquote you can't see i'm doing air quotes here let's slip that there is a fund which is about to open up tomorrow which is going to generate a whole lot of investor interest and basically make the people who are holding the shares in this company incredibly wealthy so then he gets on the phone like as he's trying to sort of he's pouring at her but he's also so desperate to he wants to fuck and he wants to make money so he gets on the phone to who i only assume is his secretary and gives them the strict instructions to invest two million dollars sight unseen without any approval from the board of directors or even an accountant to be wired over to buy into this company and then they fuck. And so I guess now she's got $2 million of well, this got, guy's they, money. They go
2: to start fucking, but then all of the old crew from the train come piling into the room and they're like, he. They start fucking and she starts sucking on her thumb. Yes. And then. And then he's no, like, "Do you know? Think, do you know? Do you know where I got it twisted here? Do you know what the vital yeah. point that I, I, I finish I
1: the thumb with. thing because this will, this will solve everything. Know, this this is, will bring the, people along. The,
2: the resolution of the thumb thing traces back to this. Emmanuel doesn't assume, and this is another exploration of the potion. Emmanuel doesn't assume the the role of Tanya the friend. Fuck, Emmanuel that's right. <laughs> gives the potion to Sonia and is like, yeah. hey, Sonia, put this on.'" You're going to take on a different body. You're going to yep. say you're Tanya. You're going to go. And yep. You're going to seduce the guy who you've been fucking, who you don't like, and this is how we're going to get him. And so that's what happens. And then, but
1: sonia has got the habit of when she is about to orgasm, she sucks on her own thumb. That's right. And so when this brand new woman does this, the guy's like, "I know what's. Go- I know what the most likely explanation is here. This completely <laughs> different woman." ...is my actual partner, and yeah. I've, I've been had.
2: And then, so, yeah, and as he discovers he's been had, everyone piles on and they go, Nenor, Nenor, gotcha, gotcha. And he goes, Skidoo! Skidoo! Oh, yeah. Words to that effect. And then the third act, which is by far the craziest, is that we return to Nikki, and she is not in a good way. They're back in San Fran, and she no, is... She's at it- um, the end of the rope. All, by the way, all of these scenes punctuated by the very like laggy sort of mumble dialogue between Sylvia Christelle and George Lazenby as they fumble through like this totally unnecessary exposition. But I guess that they're name value actors and so it's important that they get their screen time. Halfway through the movie, Tim, I was also on Twitter and I saw you just tweeted out, George Lazenby's voice is so deep in the Emmanuel series, it's really cool. And Mm. I laughed for about five minutes at the fact that You thought that and also bothered to share it. Who was that for? Literally, who was that observation for? (laughs) It
1: was literally for you. The second tweet that I sent out was the Emmanuel series would have you believe life is all sucking fucking going to Hong Kong and making million dollar business deals. It isn't. Yeah. I thought that was worth sharing.
2: That one certainly much more broadly accessible than your very niche observation that you were in that moment of time enjoying George Lazenby's voice. Pretty much though, the third act is Nikki is they go quite meta. Like to their credit, this movie makes a lot of swings and misses, but they do take some pretty big swings. At this point, we're back in San Francisco, and Emmanuel's visiting Nikki because Nikki's not in a particularly good way, and Sylvia Christelle she preloads this anecdote to George Lazenby by saying, this last one, I'm not so proud of. And she starts talking about going to visit Nikki. She arrives and Nikki is on the set of a porn film that's being filmed in her apartment. And so I feel like this is sort of a tongue-in-cheek opportunity to lampoon, you know, the very, um, you know, it's not quite a snake eating its tail, but like to to lampoon uh, the making of, pornographic films or perhaps they had bad blood with a different pornographic franchise and they were spoofing them by doing this but pretty much we have this really seedy kind of in inverted commas cool guy director who's just encouraging two people to fuck harder and meanwhile Nikki's rented out her apartment and because this is how porn works if you rent your apartment for the for the film to be set there you just get to keep hanging out in your apartment and watching the porn being made
1: well, Monty, I hate to correct you, but I do congratulate myself on trying desperately to pay attention to what was going on. It is not Nikki's apartment. They are on a boat, and she does not own it. It is what? a friend's houseboat that she is currently staying in. That's how she was able to try to end her life by jumping off the into boat. the water.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Might I ask then about this rental agreement does that mean that Nikki's not in a great way? She's freeloading off her friend on the houseboat and her friend was like, hey, you can stay there, all good. Don't worry about paying me. Just so you know, <laughs> in a couple of days, I've kind of let the boat no, out.
1: it's even better. Nikki arranged this. She explains that. <laughs> she said she was bored and looking for a bit of fun. So someone has done a real solid in her time of need. Like a friend has reached out with their you know, albeit admittedly pretty extensive resources and being like, look, I've got a houseboat. Maybe this is exactly what you need. Unplug, unwind, get away from everything, be on the ocean, be one with nature. It could do you a world of good. And she's gone, yeah, cool, 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 cool. And then booked a pornographic film crew to come around and shoot while she's supposed to be in respite. Like, yeah, my God.
2: Anyway, so this is all happening. And that's all like, that's genuinely, that is like the Simpsons making that itchy and scratchy and poochy episode, like in terms of self-reference and kind of trying to have fun inside of itself. But um, that happens. There's a porn happening and Emmanuel visits Nikki and Nikki's not great. And she's like, "Ah, oh, Nico and I are not boning and it's all gone to the dogs. And Emmanuel's like, ha ha, I know. And she assumes the body of some, another brand new smoking hot vixen. And instead of really doing anything to help out her friend Nikki, she just starts fucking the absolute brains out of this dude. And she's like, she's telling, I actually wrote it. I can get the exact quote for you. I sent it to you, Tim. I would love that. I didn't.
1: I don't think I did. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think you'd sent it to me, but did you write it?
2: I wrote it. I was going to tweet it out, but then it was too horny and there wasn't enough context. But pretty much, she's like it was. Uh, it wasn't allowed. It was naughty. It was carnal. It was perfect, and uh, it was divine. And um, divine
1: sticks out. She definitely said she, that.
2: She they have this incredible sex, and then she's like feeling really sheepish, and she wants to skip town because Nikki's gone for a swim, and you know said that she was trying to throw herself off the boat, and then the guy comes, and Nikki's also pregnant.
1: Like, I mean, oh yeah, forgot that. She and anyway, is now pregnant. Blah blah blah. Emmanuel She worried. gets pregnant. She gets pregnant and then the guy we're calling Nico, who's the boss from earlier, he's they've broken up, but she is carrying his baby. Yeah. So they've got to get and, back and together.
2: Emmanuel fucks him so good and then leaves him and never talks to him again. He's like, God damn, this has got me in a real spin. I'm gonna go back to my former partner. And yay That's verily right. he does. And and Sylvia Christel, Emmanuel OG, is like, man, I reckon I used the potion wrong in that instance. And then George Lazenby's like, because "Because she wasn't pure of heart. And then George Lazenby's like, nah, if you came that
1: hard, you were definitely pure of heart. (laughs) <laughs> That's not what he says. He congratulates her on re-putting re- the pieces back together of the relationship. And he, it's such a convoluted dialogue that he sort of yeah, so spits out to explain that point. I would
2: argue my paraphrase is better. And I'd yeah. also like to say to you, Tim, yeah. a hearty congratulations. Thank you for joining me on the side of the pool. Uh, I really feel we did like...
1: so good reconstructing this movie. I was so confused, but... Maybe I actually wasn't. Maybe I got most of this. And it's just a confusing film.
2: Yeah, it's a dog shit franchise. And I hate that we have to watch five more of this exact format. Like, what? I guess the only things to look forward to are what country they're going to go to next. We're going to watch a porn in fucking Egypt and Hungary. It's always
1: Southeast Asia. They've been in Hong Kong so much. I'd love to see them come down to New Zealand and bone on the Chatham Islands. Bro, you and me both. It would be sick as hell. Or maybe uh one of our um custodial countries, what are they called? Like a territory. Ah. Anyway, tukalau is what I'm saying. Let's get some porn shot in Tukalau. I think that would be tremendous. I don't disagree. I think it's Tukalau,
2: yeah. but I'd be I reckon I'd be wrong.
1: So yeah, I'm saying it wrong. Well, yeah,
2: for sure. Oh, I, okay. Well any any way you any way you strike it, guys. We're up to I like I feel like just for reference, a lot of this podcast has been reconstructing the plot and admirably so. But I, I would like it on the record that I feel like I'm really in the guts of the franchise now, especially now that I can see we're inside of the same format of this block of Emmanuel films.
1: Yeah, there is something fitting about these all happening as recollections inside of a conversation that's happening on a plane. Cause you know, when you're on a plane and you, you feel like you're stateless. And I mean that in the legal sense, you're kind of above any nation's border and you're just, you're without a time zone or connection to like the internet vis-a-vis the world. I love world. that feeling. You're just adrift. And that's what these films feel like. So we've got seven um, at least of, of this exact feeling I mean, uh, and so, after that, your baby boys are going to space. I
2: can't wait for that. Because I'm just thinking about it now. It's like it's so difficult for there to be any urgency to a franchise which is told entirely in flashback. And not a flashback Do you know what? Not a flashback where it's like you, you go back and you get engrossed in the story and you're in the story mm. the whole time and then that becomes real time. Like a flashback that keeps coming back to the present day to emphasize the fact
1: that none of these stories are happening right now. <laughs> It's true. You do lose any sense of stakes. All of this being said, I want to say this because this is important. I did not hate this movie because this is exactly the kind of shit that I feel like were the ones that were on when I was watching as a 13 and 14 year old. It's like 90... First of all, some of the fashion in this movie was fucking sick. Some of the shit that Emmanuel was wearing in this was legitimately very cool. I think it's just the perfect amount of time has rolled around since 1993 that that stuff is back in, or, or just according to my sensibilities, but she had some very stylish threads. I loved the kind of weird, high-concept, like crazy storyline to propel a soft-core pornography forward, I loved the bad acting. I loved the incredibly terrible dubs, like the bit where they had to do ADR for the kissing, like the at the start. That sent me. That was because I, when I was hearing the um, the dialogue that was recorded over the top, because this is a, a French language film, and it's all in. it We were watching dubs today, not subs, and I I'm grateful for that because subs I would have been fucking. It would have been hard. Um, so we had the dubs, and the dubs were so poorly recorded that I could like, I couldn't associate it with what was happening on screen because I could in my head visualize the environment in which they were recording it, which was a big echoey empty room. <laughs> I was like, "This isn't at all matching up with the acoustics that I can see on screen." Really fucked me up. I fucking so I love that detail there of yours. This this all of this shit is like. Why are these fucking old people on a plane having a chat? Why the fuck are we all over the world? Like, the storyline is insane. The dubs don't match up. People are kind of having sex. There's a lot of breasts. Like, they'll take any opportunity to show a woman's nipple to me. And it's like that. That is the hazy memory I have of Sky One porn after midnight as an early teenager.
2: 100%. I think the movie's... um... I didn't like it but you know I just got bothered by it Um, just to check in on my own Boner Patrol I put a rubber band around my penis and (laughs) my penis never really touched the rubber band so so flaccid did it remain you know like it was a big rubber like a rubber band that so confused by how this works well it was like a rubber band that was hanging loose around my penis and
1: it hung loose around this is gross yeah, I hate all of this. So, thank you very much for well, joining you gotta us. Do,
2: no, you got a chicken though. What was your boner patrol?
1: Oh, not a stirring. But, um, but I don't know why I said but. That was a. That's the whole sentence. I wish I'd.
2: If, I, I. I really left with a, a nasty taste in the mouth
1: of the listener. Yeah. <laughs> Um I was going to promote our Patreon but I don't think I can after you talked about putting a rubber band on your penis so I won't <laughs>